What's happening guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of Cabinet today for April the 12th of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. Of course, as always, I hope this one does find you well. And if you are brand new to the show, this is a daily gaming news podcast in which I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry and I pack it up in one tight, neat little show for you to enjoy throughout your day, regardless of what you might be doing. Now, it is hosted live on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern time if you did want to check it out live. But then it's put up on podcast services and youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media if you did want to subscribe on any of those platforms. Now, with that being said, we've got some big news today. Sekiro has already hit 2 million, almost said 1 million, 2 million in sales within 10 days of release. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order's teaser poster has been leaked thanks to Amazon because we all love the online retailers that have small to limited to none uh, rules about what they can and can't publish early. Octopath Traveler's PC release date has seemingly been leaked by Square Enix, who that is a pretty reliable source when it comes to the Octopath Traveler PC release date. Nepal has banned PUBG over concerns that kids are addicted. And of course, we all remember those uh, Rockstar slash Red Dead Redemption 2 claims that the Pinkerton Detective Agency and the, it, it was a big mess, but all of these complaints have been dismissed out of court. So I'll remind you of that story, tell you more about what's going on with Red Dead Redemption 2. Fox Sports lands U.S. broadcast rights to FIFA 19 esports events. The Halo TV series, of course, we've known this is coming for a while, quote, may shift dates, locations, or ethnicity of characters. We'll talk about what that means for the overall series itself. And to round out today's show, I have a pretty cool free game for you. That's right, it is free, and I will let you guys know how to get that, what it is, what it entails, and if it's actually worth your time to download it. Hint, hint, it's free, so it's worth your time. Uh, but that pretty much rounds out today's show, and I do hope you enjoy what we go over. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top stories. Sekiro is already a hit for From Software with 2 million sales. It turns out we like a bit of torment in our lives. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice could very well become From Software's most bankable release. Even as someone who's become enamored enough to play through the high-flying, backstabbing Shinobi adventure four times now, the author says, that news comes as a surprise. I figured it'd do well, but that well? Less than 10 days after Sekiro's launch on March the 22nd of 2019, the game has already cleared 2 million worldwide sales, according to Activision. And folks aren't just playing it in mass either. The publisher also noted that Twitch viewers watched some 1.1 billion minutes of Sekiro within one week. The game has performed well on all platforms, including PC, and we're excited by the continued support from gamers and critics alike, said Activision VP of Product Management and Marketing, Michelle Fonseca. It has been gratifying to see the enjoyment from fans when they overcome each challenge. People in our circles often hold the wider Soul series near and dear to their hearts, but based on these figures so far, Sekiro has the potential to reach new commercial heights for From Software. The studio is in such a good place right now, and I couldn't be happier, says the author. Keep those hits coming, and I'll show up up. For perspective, Dark Souls 3 shifted 3 million copies worldwide in the time between its original launch and when Bandai Namco confirmed the milestone on May 10th of 2016. Uh, so again, that launch was on March the 24th of 2016, and so then they confirmed it on May the 10th, so a couple of months in between there. Uh, again, that was for 3 million copies for Dark Souls 3. Sekiro's already shifted 2 in 10 days. That's a big jump. 
And to think this is a new IP, as much as I believe From could do a stellar Sekiro 2 or take us on another wild trek through the Bloodborne universe, I feel like I could keep going for new properties indefinitely. It's never too late to give us that gnarly Souls Cross Armored Core concept we've seen in our dreams, and of course, what does the future hold for the creators of Sekiro Shadows Die Twice? Uh, nothing but good things, I will say, because this game has been so much fun to watch. Uh, when it comes to these Soulsborne style games, it's not really something that tickles my fancy. I don't really get into these in the same way that a lot of people get into these games but even with that being said I love watching them I love the nature of them the way the game flows there's something about these games that is very appealing and I may very well give Sekiro a shot uh, later on down the line when I have a bit more time in my life to really devote uh, to going after a boss time and time again but I think that what From Software has proven with Sekiro is that you don't necessarily have to do a Dark Souls game or continue an established franchise to see success and that new ideas take off like wildfire in the gaming industry, especially in a day and age where people that are playing games, that group of people, is growing drastically day by day. Uh, more and more people are getting into gaming thanks to these big games that are getting a lot of media coverage, and so whenever they start branching out from the basic run-of-the-mill Call of Duties, Fortnite, battlefields whatever you might have and they start looking at other options other games to play that's when they find stuff like Sekiro and that's something that is very incredible to me uh, so of course if you did want to give it a shot incredibly good-looking game very beautiful game uh, out on the PS4 the Xbox one and the PC and again you can join over 2 million other people that are playing the game right now but of course very fun to watch on Twitch if you did just want to check out some gameplay of it a very cool looking game and one that has a lot of value uh, that it brings to the table overall really really cool looking game and I'm very happy for From Software for being able to make a brand new experience and see the success uh, that they have seen with Sekiro Shadows Die Twice but I wonder if these sales are going to reflect anything similar to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order whenever it releases presumably later on this year but Jedi Fallen Order's teaser poster has been leaked much more will be revealed at the Star Wars celebration on Saturday Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order's teaser poster was mistakenly teased ahead of time in an Amazon listing for a commemorative t-shirt ah t-shirts the best part of the gaming industry none by far uh, the product listing since taken down repeated some details already known about the story behind the game namely that this concerns another padawan who survived palpatine's finger tinting order 66 and star wars revenge of the sith the poster depicts a jedi of undetermined gender from behind carrying a lit blue lightsaber with yet another crashed republic era star destroyer in the distance there's also a droid in front of the jedi who appears to be scanning for something runes possibly and they figured into tuesday's release of this excuse me they figured into tuesday's of this weekend's panel discussion at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. And so, of course, there is the image for you if you are a video viewer. Uh, but very cool looking poster overall. Very glad to see that it does have a uh, a Star Wars look to it. You know, whenever you look at that and you say, "What can we What can we observe from this?" Well, that is that is Star Wars. That is that is absolutely 100% a Star Wars game, a Star Wars poster, and that is a Star Wars T-shirt. One that is very gaudy and unfashionable, but nonetheless a Star Wars T-shirt. Uh, so the game's main character will be at least the second Padawan to slip from Palpatine and Darth Vader's crushing grip, and Ashoka Tano of Star Wars Rebels, which is can canonical forgot that word existed is another we will one hopes hear much more about star wars jedi fallen order on saturday during a panel discussion of the game at star wars celebration held at 2 30 p.m eastern time and of course live streamed on ea's star wars twitch channel 
And so if you did want to uh, check out more news, more official news, I should say, about the brand new Star Wars game coming, you can definitely check it out on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time if you were interested in that. Uh, but cool looking game so far. Again, I see a lot of people saying big, big things about this game. And I want to take a step back and remind everybody, hey... We don't have gameplay, details, release date, nothing really concrete at this point aside from just a couple of sparse, very vague comments about what the game entails. So, you know, reel, reel those expectations back in a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Let's wait just a hot second because it's still EA and it's still a, an atmosphere right now where Star Wars hasn't been done incredibly well in a very long time in the gaming space. So let's go ahead and just take a step on back. Uh, but very cool to see that it is happening. Uh, I'm excited to see what Jedi Fallen Order does entail. And of course, I will probably be watching the reveal uh, this Saturday whenever we do see more info about that at around 2.30 Eastern Time. But now let's talk about Octopath Traveler because this was one of the biggest games on the Switch. But it is going to be coming to PC very shortly. In fact coming on June the 7th. Neat. So, Octopath Traveler, the multiple-story JRPG that launched exclusively on the Nintendo Switch last July, is apparently coming to Steam. That's according to a blog posted and then quickly deleted by Square Enix. According to the deleted post, Octopath Traveler is set to launch on PC June the 7th. Since late last week, rumors about a possible PC port kicked off when Korea's Games Rating and Administration Committee briefly appeared on the organization's website. The post, which you can read in full over at Gematsu, points out that the PC release will mark the first time non-Nintendo owners will be able to play Octopath Traveler and list eight main characters whose stories you follow throughout the game. It wraps up by encouraging players to add the game to their Steam wishlist. They've reached out to Square Enix for comment over at PC Gamer, but regardless, this is great news. Octopath Traveler marries an excellent set of stories presented in lovely throwback pixel art inspired by SNES-era JRPGs mixing 2D and 3D imagery, and I will also note this is something that has been trademarked this specific art style uh, we talked about this on caffeinate is specifically tied to octopath traveler and the company behind it uh, but while we wait for more official announcements or at least an accidental announcement uh, there is the original launch trailer to gawk at and i will say very good looking game still holds up of course less than a year later as you would expect it to uh, but i this was one of the games where there are certain titles that come out and you say that might be one that's worth buying a nintendo switch over the argument could be made that Octopath Traveler was worth buying a Nintendo Switch over because this kind of game gives that console its character. Of course, you have big AAA games like Breath of the Wild and you have big AAA games like Mario Odyssey, but when it comes to the Nindies, this was one that I think defined what a Nindy was for a lot of us, and I think it still does to this day. Uh, but what I like is that it is coming to PC because, again, I sold my Nintendo Switch, so it's good for me. And I also think that being able to tap into a wider audience is something that brings a lot of value uh, for people as games age because not too many people are going to be going back and playing Octopath Traveler now that the game has hit. Of course, uh, the game is still incredibly popular. More people are going to be buying it, but to be able to re-release it not only generates more talk in the media and in social media, uh, but on top of that, it also opens it up to an entire new audience that doesn't have a Nintendo Switch. And so if you did want to check it out, very much so worth checking out. Uh, but again, according to a leaked blog post, or an accidentally posted blog post, uh, coming out on June the 7th to the PC. Now, let's talk about this uh, PUBG ban, because Nepal banned PUBG over concerns that kids are addicted. Regulators ordered ISPs and mobile providers to block the Battle Royale game. 
Authorities and parents in Nepal are worried kids and teenagers are addicted to PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. As such, officials have banned the Battle Royale game in the Himalayan nation as of today. At the request of the country's federal investigation agency, the Nepal Telecommunications Authority has ordered ISPs, mobile providers, and network service providers to block PUBG. While there haven't been any specific incidents tied to the game, the NTA's deputy director told Reuters parents were worried their kids were getting distracted from their studies and other day-to-day -day duties. It's not the only nation concerned with game addiction among kids. China wants to limit playtime, while rumors suggest PUBG was one of the 20 games the nation's online games ethics committee rejected or demanded changes to late last year. PUBG is also banned in the Indian state of Herat, where dozens of people have been arrested for playing. Imagine getting arrested for playing PUBG. Uh, but I think this is taking things a step too far. And this goes back to the fact of the matter that parents have to take responsibility for their kids. So if you feel like your kid's playing too much of a specific game, you might want to take away their phone because it looks like this is regarding, uh, according to PUBG Mobile or regarding PUBG Mobile. Uh, but you have to be an active parent when it comes to this. And you can't pass the baton to the government and say, hey, do what I'm supposed to do for my kid. Uh, that's not how this works. And again, it just takes the joy out of the lives of other people who might not necessarily be, you know, distracted entirely by these games and might be able to concern or control their addiction uh, to PUBG. Again, there have been games that I have been completely and totally infatuated with, but it's a, you know, form of responsibility to take a step back and say, hey, I can't play this right now. I need to do this, or I need to go to school, or I need to pay attention in class. There has to be some level of self-responsibility, and you have to hold yourself accountable for the choices that you make. And again, some people do that, some people don't, but it's not the role of the government or any kind of media agency or internet service provider to control what kind of content can be seen. It's up to parents, and it's up to the kids to find it in themselves to take a step back and say, hey, I need to get my shit done before I play PUBG Mobile. Uh, so bad news here, in my opinion. But again, Nepal has banned PUBG over concerns that kids are addicted. That's going to be a yikes from me, chief. It's a yikes for me. But let's talk about this lawsuit that uh, was in the news a good bit towards the beginning of the year, the end of 2018, even some may say. But take two Rockstar dismiss complaint against Pinkerton. Suit dropped as defendant withdraws cease and desist claim against Red Dead Redemption 2 publisher and developer. Take-Two Interactive and Rockstar have dismissed a lawsuit against Pinkerton Consulting and Investigations that was filed earlier this year in response to a cease and desist letter as the firm has withdrawn its claims. The dismissal, which was initially reported by GameDaily.biz, is the latest in a back and forth between game studios and the firm regarding trademark and historical references in Red Dead Redemption 2. The dispute began in December of last year when Pinkerton issued a cease and desist letter to the two companies. The letter alleged that Pinkerton's trademarks were used without permission in Red Dead Redemption 2, which features the Pinkerton Detective Agency as part of its story. Pinkerton complained that agents are used as villains haunting the game's protagonist. Pinkerton sought a settlement figure as part of the case and desist, or excuse me, the cease and desist, although it was later revealed that the firm was also demanding ongoing royalties from sales of the game. That information came to light when Take-Two and Rockstar filed a complaint in January in response to Pinkerton's cease and desist, arguing that the references in the game were historical and that Pinkerton could not use trademark law to own the past. A good point, I would say. Take-Two and Rockstar have now moved to dismiss their January complaint, and when asked for comment on if an agreement was reached with the firm, Take-Two responded with the following statement. 
Take-Two can confirm that the present-day Pinkerton Consulting and Investigation Company has withdrawn its claims against Red Dead Redemption 2 and Take-Two, will not continue legal action against Pinkerton. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a work of fiction set in the late 1800s that references historical entities active during that time. And this was a weird story overall, like through and through, because quite frankly, when it comes down to it, this was actually a historical company that actually did historical things. This is something that people actually sat there and 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 complained about over there at the Pinkerton uh, modern detective agency I would call it and they said hey history it wasn't on our side back then no it wasn't that was the point of the game uh, so again uh, big news here to see that it has finally been dropped but they didn't really have a leg to stand on and quite frankly this was a company that wanted to make some quick cash that's really what it comes down to is that this company wanted to make a couple of bucks not only now but on top of that in the future as more copies of Red Dead Redemption 2 were sold now the game's sales have since slowed a good bit but of course a lot of copies of Red Dead Redemption 2 were sold towards the end of 2018 and they wanted a chunk of that change because their name was in it and you might as well try, I suppose, but it makes you look like an ass. Uh, so that's pretty much where we're at with that. But if you were curious as to what happened with Take-Two and Rockstar, as well as the Pinkerton Detective Agency, or or the, uh, I should say, uh, slightly different naming of the Pinkerton Consulting and Investigations Agency, uh, then that is pretty much the conclusion of the story. Everything's been dropped and no money has exchanged hands. At least that's what I'm getting from this. But now, let's talk about Fox Sports, because Fox Sports lands the U.S. broadcast rights to FIFA 19 esports events. Caffeine will also stream the competitive gaming series around the world. And for those that don't know what Caffeine is, it's pretty much a Twitch competitor, a mixer rival, if you will, uh, that is much smaller and also strange in a way. But they have the rights to FIFA. So Fox Sports will play host to a number of FIFA 19 esports events this year, following the esports, the EA Sports uh, Foot Champions Cup last weekend. I'm not a sports guy, so I have no idea what the Foot Champions Cup is, or if I even said that correctly, could be FUT. Uh, I'm going to go with Foot. Uh, but I digress. Last weekend, it will broadcast FIFA 19 Global Series events in the U.S., including this weekend's FIFA E-Nations Cup in London and the season finale FIFA E-World Cup. You can check out the E-Nations Cup live Sunday on FS2 and through the Fox Sports app from 1 p.m. Meanwhile, the caffeine streaming platform in which Fox is an investor will broadcast global series events worldwide. Several streamers will offer analysis on this weekend's event in their own broadcast. Caffeine users in the U.S. can also host streams of the E-Nations Cup and watch along with their buddies and also fans. Building upon last season's success, the EA Sports FIFA 19 Global Series is engaging and entertaining esports and football fans around the world, said Brent Conning, EA Sports FIFA Competitive Gaming Commissioner. The superstars of the competitive FIFA are creating an amazing narrative of competition and rivalry fueled by amazing gameplay and skill on the virtual pitch. Partnering with an established leader in football broadcasting such as Fox Sports will only accelerate our growth and build momentum towards this season's finale. Uh, so if you did want to dive in and check out the FIFA esports competitions, uh, then by all means you can do so on Caffeine and or Fox Sports via the app or on television itself. Uh, but I think this is a big deal for esports around the world. Of course, FIFA is massive when it comes to this kind of thing. Uh, people love watching competitive FIFA and it's one of the biggest esports out there. Uh, but cool to see that Fox is getting into that world. And I think that you're going to be seeing more companies uh, do this as time goes on because esports are growing by leaps and bounds month to month. It is crazy to see how many people are getting into this. And of course, it's going to be interesting to see how it is 
accepted by the overall sports community because esports has never really been considered a sport uh, by the majority of people who watch sports themselves. And so to see that shift, to see a narrative change, I think could potentially happen with more adoption from the wider sports media organizations. But I digress. We will see what happens with this. Uh, big deal nonetheless, because it is going to be coming to Fox Sports as well as Caffeine. Uh, but let's talk about another form of media. Let's say you're not into esports, but you're more into watching a Halo series. Uh, it looks like they may shift dates, locations, or ethnicity of characters. While it could still fall through, it's looking more and more likely that the Showtime Halo TV series is actually going to happen. Speaking on a panel today at Reboot Develop, 343 executive producer Kiki Wolfkill, what a name that one is, that's badass, briefly touched on how the company is approaching the adaptation. Respecting canon is one of 343's priorities, according to Wolfkill, but not at the expense of doing what makes sense. For example, the Halo games never let us see Master Chief's face, adding to the character's mystique. If people called John can have a mystique, but would that work in television? There are occasions where he showers, Wolfkill left. Joking aside, there are some details that we may shift, but we want to respect the fans and what they love about the IP. The producer went on to say that 343 understands and will never please everyone, and there will always be some people who are upset, but it will do what's right for the nine-episode series. We may shift dates, locations, or ethnicity of characters, Wolfkill said, and this is where it's going to become a bit of a problem in my opinion, because you're going to be seeing uh, more people get a little bit upset about the Halo series because Master Chief, no one's ever seen his face, and to give a face to Master Chief needs to be something that's done in a game if it's ever done at all, and I don't think it should ever be done. Uh, but on top of that, to shift dates, locations, or ethnicity of characters, that statement in and of itself, it takes out what makes Halo Halo. You can't shift these things that are foundational to the universe. That is part of making a series is that you have to make something work and you have to make something make sense. And I would go so far as to say that's why Marvel movies, on top of a plethora of other reasons, are better than DC is because every movie and everything that's ever made through Marvel makes sense and it fits in to the overall universe. And so whenever you have various types of, of media where you have a TV show and you have a movie and you have a game, uh, that all has to work together and that creates an incredibly immersive experience uh, that then kind of cross-pollinates where people come and they watch the movie, then they go and watch the TV show and then they go and watch the game and stuff along those lines. Uh, to be able to make all of that work together I think is very valuable and to shift dates, locations, or ethnicity of characters uh, takes away that, I guess, um, that, that identifiable Halo feel to it, that, that what makes Halo Halo, the, the details of the universe, uh, you can't just go and shift that. But we'll see what happens again coming to Showtime, and it very well could flop, uh, or it very well could be a fantastic experience. We will have to wait and see. And again, as the article does say, it very well could just fall through entirely, because is anyone interested in a Halo Showtime series? That is kind of a, you know, up in the air, but we will see what happens. However, to round out today's show, I've got a free game for you to enjoy over the weekend. Breaker is a great free bullet hell arcade game with a banging soundtrack. This is a pretty cool game. I'm no good at Ikaruga, I believe I said that correctly, but I'm surprisingly slightly competent at Daniel Linson's brilliant and Ikaruga inspired arcade game Breaker. So, the, art, the author of this article says that I have not given it a deep enough try to actually see if I'm good at it, but I will say I have given it a good shot, and it's a pretty fun game. 
So created for the 2018 Fantastic Arcade bundle, but now available to download separately for free, Breaker is a blend of Breakout, Space Invaders, and Ikaruga that feels thrillingly original with it. You play as a sort of rectangle thing, using the left and right arrow keys on your keyboard to rotate yourself around a playing field. As this field gradually fills with enemies and their bullets, you can use your body to repel the projectiles back towards their owners. But here is where the Ikaruga part comes in. When you move left, you turn blue. When you go right, you turn red. And you can only repel bullets that are the same color as you. As you might imagine, the screen quickly becomes full of red and blue bullets and blue and red enemies, which you'll need to dodge while only moving left or right at the appropriate times. There are additional pallets to unlock as you best bosses and work your way up the score table, but what will really keep you playing is the tremendously catchy electronic soundtrack, which seems to evolve depending on how things are going. And of course, you can find it on itch.io via a link in the article which I have linked down below. Very cool game, one that is uh, definitely going to be getting some of my time this weekend, but a uh, very cool little small arcade shooter if you were into that kind of thing. Uh, but I did want to let you guys know about a pretty solid deal, and that rounds out today's episode of caffeinate if you enjoyed today's show be sure to drop me a like down below of course if you are brand new the show is hosted five days a week monday through friday at 7 a.m eastern time live on twitch.tv slash the samuel adams then it's up on podcast services and youtube services around the world but until monday hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the weekend i will talk to you soon and peace